welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I am the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jerry Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Now, um, in case anybody missed it, you know, we live stream our sermons yeah, now, now on, we, now, yeah, on now, the YouTube. Our service, yeah. And even afterwards, you can watch the live stream or you can watch just the sermon. Like and, he, they cut just that part out? Yeah, you can just go go to the wow. sermon itself, I believe. Now, um, I'm 99% sure. So what you can do, though, if you go there, you can see how Jimmy dresses up for Christmas. Why are you doing this? During the Advent season <laughs> at church. You know, but, but, you know what happens? You know, Christmas time and Easter, people tend to dress up a little bit. You know, they come to church. Maybe mm-hmm. they wear like a like the right colors. Yeah, vest and all that. Yeah. Vest, Is this the right colors? Coat, you, you have, I have a, Christmas a shirt red on. and white t-shirt on. Yeah, but it's Christmas. It is. It certainly is, and it actually references one of. It's interesting because it's 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 beautiful and tragic all at the same time. Because Jimmy's wearing a T-shirt that references not only one of the greatest office parties that has ever happened <laughs> in American history, but also one of the greatest terrorist attacks that have ever happened on American soil. Nineteen eighty-eight. Eight. Nineteen eighty-eight. The Nakatomi Plaza Christmas party. Yeah, yeah. I felt like uh, forever. Remember. Never, never forget. Never forget. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> Jimmy's wearing a Die Hard t-shirt. Out there. <laughs> what? It's my Christmas shirt. Uh, I love it. I love so it. So Michelle it and I argued this morning about it. Well, obviously she was wrong. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Did you tell her you talked? You talked to me? Yeah. I was okay. like, I was like, no, Michelle. She was like, you can't wear that. Why not? Because she, well, she's like, she's like, no, you're. Pre-, she goes like, you're, you're preaching. I was like, yeah, yeah. I want to exactly. be comfortable. Yeah, color like, no, no, red well, shirt. She's like, I, I've, I've ironed. Four shirts. Like she's like, I went and ironed your four nicest shirts. Your lavender and salmon colored shirts. Yep. yep. And she goes, you could pick whichever one you want. Mm-hmm. And like, she goes above and beyond. Of course she does. And I was like, no, no, no. Uh, it, 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 I know it says it's that dirty laundry bin mm-hmm. and it's wrinkled right now, yep. but I'm gonna take that and just shake it. Yeah, shake it. I'm it's just gonna shake it's it off. That's everything about it. And here's the thing. You can wear your lavender and uh, pink shirt, salmon shirts, whenever you want. Anytime. You can't wear that thing, but no. for a couple of weeks. Exactly. You got to wear your Nakatomi. I have Plaza to wear my Nakatomi. And I go, Michelle, I'm not wearing the Hans Gruber one. No, that was right. Just, I go, that's a distraction. There's a man dying in that. That's it's a distraction. A, there's only one person we want to focus on who died at church, and that's Jesus. <laughs> that's, okay? Exactly. Right. Exactly. I did not want to confuse people. Hans Gruber is not our savior. That's right. I didn't want them to say, oh, is that Jesus? No, For an unbeliever not. comes in and goes, hey, who is this Jesus there? Because no. he does look like a lot of the portrait, portraits of Jesus. He does. He's a white European. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then, like, I, I amped it up. I was like, if you're going to push me on this, mm-hmm. I'm going to wear my Back to the Future W uh W was it D Jones uh manure hauling company shirt. Yeah. And I'm gonna wear that up front then. Yeah. And she, so you put her in her place. I like that. No. Uh, uh, did you have to thank her as a spouse? You have to do some spousal discipline. It. No, I did not. We actually need to do a whole episode on that. We should. But no, I go, uh, I text Joe and Joe said it was okay. She's like, Oh, okay. I was I like, like that. what? That's how you submit to your elders. I was people. like, what? That's how you submit to your elders. I go, what? I I I said it's I'm always that way, this. dude. It's always that way. I remember I remember I've, I can remember key times in my life where I would make an argument or a statement uh, to my wife and she'd be like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But then some other joker says it. She's like, oh, did you hear what he said? <laughs> yeah, I said the same thing. <laughs> well, so, but now, Bob, because Sinclair Ferguson said it. It's, a, it's, a, it's real. Whatever. <laughs> my wives don't listen to us enough. I know. But anyways, I'm quite happy with the shirt. You're right. I only get a month. Yeah. I only get a couple weeks. You got to enjoy it. So you're going to see this shirt again. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to see Hans Gruber falling again. Okay. Of course. Yeah. 
Everybody should. You're see gonna see the these, fall. yeah, because come December 26th, they get packed away. Right, and then you wait a year. Wait a year, and I get to pull oh. them out again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanksgiving oh. after after Christmas is great. You know what I did this week? What's that? Uh, this last week, I uh, I I took my daughter Madeline. Yep, she's 12. Yep, and I wanted her to watch Poltergeist, the original. Oh Poltergeist. man, this is amazing to me. So now uh, Poltergeist was, I think, the second PG-13 oh, film. I want you to know, someone earlier today had came up to me and they go, they're kids, you know, 12, 13, around the same age, right? You know, and we're talking about, is it appropriate for them to maybe start watching Die Hard? Can I and guess who it was? No, I don't want you to say that. Oh, well, I think I guess. I'm sure you did, mm-hmm. but we're not going to say that. Is he bald? Air. We're not going to say this <laughs> on the air. <laughs> okay, go ahead. And, uh, and so I love the fact that I had a conversation going, yeah, you know, Ah, there's one scene there. There's there's kind of the, mm-hmm. nude, the yep. nude scene. Nude the yep. language Brief. is a little bit. Yeah, all that. Like maybe maybe they're a little too young for that. You know, um, even though I tried to get my kids to watch it, I was thinking I could just kind of fast forward. Watch the TBS version. Oh yeah, TBS version. Yeah. Good idea. And uh, and then here we are recording, and you're talking about Poltergeist with your twelve year old. There's no nudity in Poltergeist. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so um, that's that's your barometer. That, you know, that's one of the standards. So I, I so and I haven't seen it since the eighties. So wait a second, that's one of the standards, and it passed the other ones. Uh, there's very little language in it, and uh, the mom and dad are only smoking marijuana in one scene. So there's that. Um, and it's legal in Illinois now. So, know, it's, <laughs> so it's obviously it's fine. Um, so I, I haven't seen I haven't seen it since the eighties, maybe in the nineties. And uh, and I'm like, she's like, is this going to be more scary than The Conjuring? Because The Conjuring wasn't very scary. Oh gosh, and I'm like, amazing. I'm like, yeah, man, it's more, it's My it's, gosh, it's scarier, kidding. but it's more funny too. And uh, turns out, it's not scary. It's pretty boring. And some of the stuff is like, wow, that's a cartoon that they drew on the screen. That's not even <laughs> like, oh my. Now, back, some in the, scenes back were, in the day, you're like, what? That freaked this everybody is, out. Back in the day, you're yeah. like. This is next level. Now she watched the whole thing. She was really good about it. So that after that, we watched The Exorcist just so that she had something. It's funny. To watch I thought this. the same thing about Space Jam. I was and like, by the way, I, I'm, this is next level. I'm kidding about the Exorcist. I've not let my little daughter watch an Exorcist. I said Exorcist, and you did, you kind of skipped over that. I don't oh. want anybody to think I actually watched it. So, okay, so with her. All right. Yeah. All right. So Jimmy. Yep. We're gonna talk about the dark night of the soul today, man. And this is something I that, absolutely uh, love. Yeah. Those films. And actually, you, I've been, been starting to play on Xbox. Have you have you played ta- have you played the Arkham Asylum? Like Batman Arkham Asylum? No. Like those games are good, but nothing beats, uh, I think, because like, they're kind of similar to the Dark Knight, like the Christopher Nolan. It's got that yeah. same feel and everything. Yeah, we're not talking about But it's nothing. I, I really miss Keaton. <laughs> this is what I wish Keaton. Keaton was not the greatest Batman, first no, 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 of all. No, no, and we're no, not, no, you're, you know what? No, 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 no. We're not I, talking about the same first thing. First of all, I'm going Christian we're Bale. I'm about, still going to say Christian Bale is, uh, is the best. Uh, uh, I think Christian Bale. And, and he was good. Hold on. I like Affleck. Thank you. I was about to say. The I was movies weren't great, but Affleck was a good Batman. Affleck was a good Batman. He was a really good Batman. He was an old, gritty. He was. He started killing people. He was hardened. And I'm like, that that that's a good like representation. That yeah. I like that Batman. We're not, that's a real Batman. Talking we're not talking and about, so we no. talk like the Dark Knight. No. We're not talking about not we'll K, see. not K, just N. Dark Knight of the Soul. Dark Knight of the Soul. Talk about the Dark Knight of the Soul. Oh, mm, dummy. My bad. Okay, so when we're talking about the Dark Knight of the Soul, actually, this is a reference to a 14th century poem and then later a book written mm. by Saint John of the Cross called the Dark Knight of the Soul. 
And and yes, uh, the Catholic tradition and Christian mysticism goes with this quite a bit. We're not going to get into all of that. What we, we want to talk about is the principle of the okay. dark night of the soul and how even those, even guys like R.C. Sproul and many others talk about this experience of the dark night, N-I-G-H-T, not K-N-I-G-H-T. I know, I know. I, I, I'm, you finally corrected me. Okay. So what we're talking about is essentially the dark night of the soul is a crisis. It's a crisis of faith. It's a testing of faith. Hmm. But it is... It is brutal. It is not easy. It is hard. It's one yeah. of the hardest things a Christian will go through. Yes. But it can yield very lasting fruit. In fact, and we're going to link, we're going to give you a bunch of resources in the show notes so you can check them out. But R.C. Sproul said this. He said about the dark night of the soul that this phenomenon describes a malady that the greatest of Christians have suffered from time to time. It was the malady that provoked David to soak his pillows with tears. Mm. It was the malady that earned for Jeremiah the sobriquet. That's why I didn't give Jimmy this quote. So what, what does sobriquet mean? Uh, it's, like a, it's like a title. Okay. The weeping prophet. It was the malady that so afflicted Martin Luther that his melancholy threatened to destroy him. This is no ordinary fit of depression, but it is a depression that is linked to a crisis of faith, a crisis that comes when one senses the absence of God or gives rise to a feeling of abandonment mm. by him. That R.C. Mm. Sproul quote uh, comes from a, 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 a Table Talk article that we're going we're gonna to link to. It's really, yeah, that's really, really important. That's really good. So this is something specific. It's very, very specific. It's, it's, it's not just feeling bad. Mm -hmm. It's not just being in a funk. We're not talking about like just depression. Right, because depression yeah. is a real problem. Yep. Uh, but that stems from a variety of situations. That can stem from uh, physical, uh, emotional, uh, emotional, mental, chemical, biochemical yep, issues. Yep, yep, yep. It can also stem from circumstantial things, and it can be treated in a variety of ways. It yep. depends on the kind of depression that it is. So we're not just talking about depression. No, and I mean I, we're also not talking about ordinary suffering, right? Yeah. There is suffering that we all go through, uh, and yeah, I mean we'll say it's typical. Your typical suffering day to day, week to week, month to month is not what we're talking about here. This is something that's amped up to another level. Yeah. Uh, because as Joe had mentioned earlier, it's this crisis of faith, a testing of faith, and it should lead to lasting fruit. So there's, it's, it's, it's this providence of God. Would you want to say that? It's this providence it's a part of God of this providence, sure. to be to the, for the strengthening of the individual. Now, yes, and that's that's pointing towards where it actually takes you because it can take you there. It should take you there. But this is not just depression, though yep. that's a problem. It's not just suffering, though that can be painful and horrible. It's not just struggling. Um, the dark night of the soul is a gut-wrenching, faith-shaking, spiritual kind of depression. It has a spiritual origin, uh, and it always includes, like Sproul says, a sense of divine distance or mm. divine withdrawal, that God just isn't there is absent speaking. he's quiet right now a lot of people hear this and they read about this and they start thinking through it and they think that does not sound biblical this sounds like aren't we supposed to be more than conquerors aren't we supposed to be riding high on jesus he, he will not tempt me beyond what i can bear that's right so there boom done you can bear it so stop being a baby be bear don't be a bear don't be a baby be a is bear. That, is that what, be, the point? Bear down. Bear bear down Chicago Bears. Bear down Chicago oh, geez, Bears. Then we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose bad. <laughs> oh we're gonna listen. I if hate Pope Trubisky Chicago. is just, never mind. I don't want to talk about the Bears. Bro, I don't want to talk about it. You're depressing. I don't I don't, I don't I don't I don't want to talk about it. All right. So um it's not unbiblical. It this is I'm clapping. I'm clapping. I'm so like adamant about this. Okay, all right. The truth is that um 
your faith, my faith is imperfect. It is not perfectly strong. So our faith has shortcomings and we live in a fallen world. And so this is going to be a reality for us for a number of reasons. And it's also a reality that in some ways, in some ways, God does become silent. Mm. Now, Mm. God's word always speaks. Yes, yes, yes. yes, He has spoken in his word. Yep. You want to hear God speak? Open up the Bible and read it. There are God speaking. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. there are ways in which God becomes silent or distant. And in fact, there are scriptural examples of this, right? Yeah. Uh, Job 3, 1 to 13. Is it okay if I read the whole thing? Yeah, read the whole thing because this is actually... You guys know the story of Job. Listen to um, what Job says. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, let the day perish on which I was born and the night that said a man is conceived. Let the day be darkness. May God above not see it nor light shine upon it. Let gloom and doom darkness claim it. Gloom and deep darkness, sorry, claim it. Doom works too. You can say doom. I know. Let, Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let clouds dwell upon it let the blackness of the day terrify it that night let thick darkness seize it let it not rejoice among the days of the year let it not come on into the number of the months behold let that night be barren let no joyful cry enter it let those curse it who curse the day who are ready to rouse up leviathan let the stars of its dawn be dark let it hope for light, but have none, nor see the eyelids of the morning, because it did not shut the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not die at birth, come out from the womb and expire? Why did the knees receive me, or why the breasts that I should nurse? For then I would have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept, and then I would have been at rest. It's one of the darkest passages yeah. in scripture. Yeah. This is dark. This homeboy is saying, I wish I was never born yeah. or I wish I died at birth. Yeah. It, it's not like when you're a child and you're angry and you're being <laughs> a baby and you go, I, I wish I was dead. Yeah. We're not talking like that. No. It, he's not being a baby and a child. No. He is going through something severe. He's lost any sense of worth or value or joy mm-hmm. in his life. Now, let's ask the question. Is Job thinking straight right now? I don't think so. They're not thinking straight. Mm-hmm. He, he's wishing he was never born. I mean, this is part of the challenge. This is part of the rebuke that God does give him in the end. Like, yeah. you're going to suggest that I made a mistake in giving you life? Like, yeah, simmer, simmer down, son. Yeah. But we understand why he's thinking this way. He was feeling this way because life has become so bitter, so painful. And in the midst of all of that, he senses a departure of the divine. Yeah. God does not seem close. Yeah. The one of the other really dark passages in scripture is Psalm 88. In fact, David Summer wrote the, uh, read this at the Blue Christmas. We do Blue Christmas. People are asking us to do an episode on that. We've been mm. bringing Krista McDonald talking yeah, about we should Blue do Christmas. that. Yeah. So Blue Christmas is uh is a service for people that are mourning and are not thinking about Christmas as a as a bright uh time mm-hmm, of year. Mm-hmm. So uh David read Psalm 88, which says O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol, draws near to the grave, draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength. 
like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with your waves. Selah. Again, here's a guy who is describing what he's feeling, what he's mm. going through, and it comes down to a this palpable sense of of desertion, desolation, isolation. Yeah. And it's not an unbiblical experience. It doesn't mean that we always think the right way when we're in the midst of it or respond in the right way. Yeah, 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 that's good. But it's it's not uncommon in fact i think most christians will wind up experiencing this at some point in their lives yeah so when we talk about like okay what is really happening there right mm -hmm. like in the in the dark night of the soul i mean first there's a lack of experience of god's nearness mm. and also his help right because right? we're kind of we've come accustomed to that of seeing uh how god is close and how god is near right how god is working in and through us mm -hmm. and how god in ways, as you look at the at the providence of God in your life, how yeah. He has helped you and 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 worked for your good, right? And yeah, I mean, it's it's not that God isn't actually near or isn't helping you, but it's like you said, it's a lack of experiencing that. Like in some way, yeah, you can't sense it, you can't, you don't see it, and you're at a loss. And I think what also is happening, so like you're blinded to it. Yeah, you, know? you 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 can no longer see it. You're no longer feeling it. And and a lot of people would argue that uh that god will sometimes pull back these experiences these blessings for the purpose of you experiencing the dark night so that you then experience the the, the blessing of having persevered through it mm. but it's typically not just the well i'm not experiencing god's nearness but it's also um amplified by a weakness of faith in these moments people what do you mean by that yeah what do you mean by a weakness of faith when people begin to question it, does is God really good to Israel, like in Psalm 73? Hmm. I know God's good to Israel, like intellectually, theologically, but it doesn't feel like it. And now I'm starting to wonder if I'm wasting my time here. The weakness of faith means you you, you begin to, it, maybe it, it doesn't mean that you're questioning whether or not Jesus is the son of God who lived, died, and rose again. But you're wondering, like, do I really believe? Is my faith real? Uh, or maybe it's aspects of the faith that we have held dear for so long that we're beginning to question and doubt. But in one way or another, when you're in the dark night of the soul, your faith is weak and it's being challenged. Mm. And I mean, I think I, I I don't want to speak for Joe here, but I think we've we've discussed this. I, I know I've experienced. You can speak for me. Okay, you know me well enough to yeah, speak yeah. for me. Uh, I mean, we've both experienced this in the past. Yeah, right. This uh, dark night of the soul, um, and. There definitely was for for me, and I, I believe for you, this loss of joy in all things, right? Mm. Like this loss of of joy in life and in mm. my salvation and in my relationships and in my calling and uh, in my friendships. There was just no joy. It's like the things that are truly good, that are designed to bring about gratitude and yeah. a sense of spiritual happiness these gifts of god even a loss of joy in worship right in, in reading and praying and in in gathering uh with the lord's people on the lord's day or, or with mm. other brothers and sisters in christ it just it became it became um forced you know it, it and it's 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 those explicitly spiritual things those redemptive things but also then just like you said uh, the things that we can enjoy in this world right 
like yeah. uh, it, let's just say you love coffee and it's like it just, just doesn't taste like anything these days mm -hmm. or like i don't enjoy it's like gravel in my mouth <laughs> right or uh like i know jimmy was just talking about going home and playing video games and it's like all right now you're making me sound like a kid no well first of all you're like how old are you, like 20? I don't even know how old you are. You're like a youngster. You know, I'm 30 something. Oh, that's right. You have gray in your beard. Anyway. Why are you doing that? The point is like the things that we might enjoy, right? Music, books, mm -hmm. movies, mm -hmm. coffee, mm -hmm. whatever. It, it, you're just, it's no longer delivering uh, the satisfaction or, the, or the, the pleasantry that you would normally expect of it. Now, also, when you're going through uh, the dark night of the soul, there's a feeling of emptiness. There's a feeling of hopelessness. Like this is it. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of this. I, I mean, yeah. I just, you, yep. you, you kind of want to just, you, you, you want to look towards something good, but you just, you don't know if it's going to, if it's ever going to change. And that leads to this temptation to give up, yeah. right? To give up on, on uh, maybe give up on my faith, mm -hmm. give up on life. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's easy to. Now, Jimmy and I have already said that we've experienced this, like, and we know, I mean, I know a lot of people that have experienced this yeah. and I'm guessing that many of you have, and some of you might be experiencing it right now, especially this year where it has been, a, it's been a yeah, crazy 2020 year. is a dark night for the world. Now you're not alone. And it's not just that Jimmy and I have experienced this Christian. Some of the people that you would consider a Christian hero or somebody that's been used by God in powerful yeah. ways. Um, they've experienced this as well. In fact, there's a great quote from John Wesley who said this now of himself, the mind seems chiefly to be affected, having lost its relish of everything and being no longer capable of enjoying the things it once delighted in most. Nay, everything roundabout is not only flat and insipid, but dreary and uncomfortable. It is not strange if to one in this state, life itself becomes a burden. That's Wesley, somebody used by mm -hmm. the Lord in the great awakening uh, to accomplish great things. Well, Joe, I mean, the guy was a non-Calvinist, right? That is true. His theology yeah. probably led him to his despair. You know, some of the things he taught were sus. Yeah. They, aw. Mm -hmm. You know, I did not learn about that until like two months ago. TikTok. TikTok is the main way that I keep up on the lingo that the kids are using. Oh, no. I only learned about it from my kids. They kept going, sus, sus. Yeah, I don't blame them. What? There's a lot of sus things in that house. What? Yeah. Why would you say that? You know, first that's of all, you're true. going to church wearing a Nakatomi Plaza church. Stop that's it. sus. That being said, mm. my kid did come with, with a uh, first service with a mask that was a. Uh, did it say Yippie Kaye? No, it was Among Us. <laughs> it was like the, the game from, you know, uh -huh. that's where they get the sus thing is from the game Among Us. Oh. Where they're saying, oh, that's sus. Purple's being sus kind of a thing. I did not know the origin of it. So that. anyways, it was from that game. And okay. it was you know, like one of the characters, I think he was red. And I think I think a lot of us Calvinists sometimes will dismiss what other non-Calvinists yeah. say. Yep. Right? Like Jimmy yep. was joking, right? Like, oh, well, that guy's not a reformed. What, what, what does he know? Well, he knows a lot. Okay. These are, these are brothers, sisters that are used by the Lord in tremendous ways. We can learn from the body of Christ in every tradition, maybe not in every way, but in yeah, some yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. So you can just start looking through the biographies and the teachings of men like Martin Luther, John Calvin, Richard Baxter, and Charles Spurgeon. They all experienced yep. this. And yep. some of them experienced this uh, throughout periods, long periods of their life. Hmm. So, so the, the question I think though is, if we're experiencing the dark night of the soul, yeah, and it's not just depression or affliction, which we have to deal with, um, and many of these things will apply, 
Um, but when we're dealing with the dark night of the soul explicitly, what are some things that we need to do and that we encourage yeah. others to do? I mean, first and foremost, and I think this is the most important thing we will do is mm -hmm. wait, persevere, yes. yes, right? Ride out this storm sort of a thing, right? Uh, Psalm 131 to six, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. And here he goes. I will wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. So yeah, yeah. I mean, sit back and, and, and hold firm, hold fast, right? Uh, it's while it's easy to be tempted to to give up on on your faith or for some people for their on their life. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. It it sounds like such a passive thing to do. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I'm, tell me what to do. I got to do the thing to fix my life. And there, there's well, a wait. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, you're, you're actively waiting on the Lord by trusting him and looking to him to do what only he can do. There's a lot that we can do in our lives. Right. And so like, I know Jimmy and I and others, we, we, we look at our lives and we think like, oh, I, I need to make some changes that will improve mm. the way that I'm living, that will honor the Lord, that will yep. make my life yep. better. Those are all important. We need to do that on the regular. But this, I think you're right, Jimmy, this is the most important thing because the dark night of the soul isn't a day long. It's a period mm -hmm. of time and it can last a long time. Now, I'll be honest. I mean, there was a time in, in my life uh, and in my marriage, it was, it was wrapped up in that, right? Where this dark night of the soul was years, yeah, just years of, of needing to persevere and to fight and to, uh, to do some of the other things we're going to be talking about. Um, and it definitely, it, it was no month, two months. It was prolonged. It takes long suffering. You yeah. actually will have to wait, but you're not just waiting. Like you're just kind of waiting for mm -hmm. You're waiting on the Lord to do what he only he can. Yeah. Do. yeah. I, I would say another thing that we, we do and we encourage other people to do is to actively pray and draw near to God through all of the means of grace. Now, again, you're not feeling it right now, but it doesn't absolve you of the responsibility to do these things. In fact, these are the things that in time God will use to bring you through it. So I was thinking of Luke 22, in verses 39 through 46, when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying and here he's experiencing a kind of dark night of the soul. It says, he came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and mm. his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. In other words, even Jesus felt a, a, a distance experientially yeah. from the Lord. He's yeah. like, I don't want to experience this. So if it can pass, let it pass. And even on the cross, he says, mm -hmm. my God, my God, fulfilling mm -hmm. the Psalms, why have you forsaken me? So he knows what this is. 
And if the perfect God-man experiences this, we know that we're going to experience it for different reasons yeah. altogether. But I love what he says at the end because he says, hey, listen, you jokers need to be praying lest you fall into or enter into temptation. Yep. Yep. The dark night of the soul is hard enough. Um, if you begin to neglect the means of grace, meaning prayer, the reading of God's word, corporate worship, things like that, then um, it's going to be worse. And it's going to, be, it's going to prolong the whole yeah. thing yeah, all yeah, the more. Yeah. Um, so along with praying and, and waiting, uh, we need to know, right? We need to know and trust. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we need to know is that we need to know that even though we suffer many things, God will provide the strength that we need, right? That's good. Second Corinthians 4, 7 to 10. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Mm. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. So we know that even though we're we're going through this, right, and we're inflicted, we know we will not be crushed, yeah. right? We might be perplexed, but we're not going to be driven to despair. Even though we're going to be persecuted, we're not going to be forsaken. He will not leave us or forsake us. We will not be destroyed. That's so big because the experience here is real, mm -hmm. right? Like it, these are like, just because you become a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to be perplexed. Yeah. You will be perplexed. You will be like, I don't know what the heck is going on. Why? Why? Why is this happening? But you don't go to utter despair. Even if you're, like you said, persecuted or struck down, mm -hmm. um, you're not ruined. You can be wrecked for a yeah. time, but not ultimately ruined. It's like that. Uh, there's a Puritan. Uh, I think it was Baxter. Mm -hmm. And I might be wrong, but he wrote about like the, the, the flax, right? Is that the right word? The wicker? No, dang it. The wicker. I think you're referring to Richard Sibbs. Richard Sibbs. You know what I'm no. talking about? Richard, say, say, Richard, Richard Baxter, there's two Richards. I know. Richard I know, Baxter I know. was the ugly one. Super <laughs> ugly. Richard Baxter was homely. Okay. Okay. Right? But, but uh, Sibbs, you know what I'm talking about? Like Sibbs was comely, he, 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 to use uh, the old word. He was very handsome. But, but yeah, uh, it was this sense of, he was writing about like- The Bruce Reed. The Bruce Reed. It would not, it would not, it would not be quenched out. Right. right. It's like, it, it's almost like in football, right? On defense, they would talk about like, we yes. bend, but we don't break. Yes. Defense. 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 But like it, it here, you know, we're talking about, yes, you're going to be bent. Yeah. You're going to be bent, but not broken. That's good. That's really good. And listen, if, if I, I was so grateful to hear this old Baptist preacher when I was a brand new Christian say in a, in a very traditional Baptist church, being a Christian ain't easy. Mm. It's, if you're following Jesus, it's going to get hard. It's going to get difficult. You're going to get beat up along the way. Yeah. That is a part of it. And sometimes it's going to be brutal. Yeah. Brutal. But that's not the end. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good point. Um, I think another one here that we definitely should be considering is if you're going through a dark night of the soul, though it may not be your sin, which is the cause for the dark night. Typically it isn't, I don't think. But we do need to consider our sin and repent. Yeah. Anytime we that's are. That's just good practice. Right. If I'm afflicted, if I'm sick. If I'm uh, disappointed, I look at myself and go, you know what? I need to start taking stock. What is this of, thing that I've done? I've I may, maybe this is connected to it, maybe not. But either way, it shows that there is weakness and frailty in me, and so I need to address my sin issues and repent specifically. I need to actually address where I am wrong, wronging yeah. God, wronging yep. others, wronging myself. So I think repentance is another thing. I would think don't go don't go about this alone, 
right? Right. It's really easy to isolate yourself. In Why the do we do that? Because I totally, we, yeah. I know I do so, it. So I know I do it because one, I, I think no one else is going to understand. Secondly, I don't want to bother other people. Yep. And then third, I sometimes just think I'm being a baby. Yep. Right. And so, but I need to push past that yeah, and push totally. past that pride and that arrogance mm-hmm. and actually let other know. So we need to share. We need to let others know of my, of our struggles. Yeah. The fellowship with the brothers and sisters will, will encourage you. It's why it's so important. Like you have to, you don't disconnect from the body. You've no, not at be all. Connected you need at to be times. gathering together, not just mm. on the Lord's day, but during right. the week. Yes. In fellowship with other believers, studying God's word, praying for one another, encouraging one another, you know, uh, uh, pressing in with one another. And so Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, mm. let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We usually use that verse to tell people to stop skipping church. Yeah. Hey, stop skipping church. Go to go to church. Go to church. All right. Don't neglect. Okay. Uh, that's one small application of it. Mm-hmm. The idea is, is that we desperately need to be uh, in the midst of the communion of the saints. Yes, on the Lord's day but not just on the Lord's day, because we need the mutual encouragement and edification, especially like you're saying, Jimmy, when we are going through this dark night. I know like I, because I was, I was raised a certain way yeah. and I tend to think a certain way and I, and I genuinely, pride is definitely a part of it. I'm going to handle my business. And I'm going to handle my problems on my own. Mm. Pride is definitely a part of it. I'm a man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just got to do it. Another part of it though is, is I don't want to bother anybody but maybe connected to that is a sense of embarrassment mm, or, yep. or yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's totally and completely wrong. The dark night of the soul is rough. It's brutal. And I know that some of you are going through it. I've gone through it. I'll probably go through it again. I don't want to. I really hope I don't. But the dark night of the soul can be, should be a precursor to personal revival mm. and a deeper appreciation for God for his nearness and his grace, because he will bring you through it. And on the back end of that is joy, satisfaction, and spiritual contentment. We're gonna list a bunch of of resources uh, that you guys, I think, will benefit from if you're going through this. Jimmy mentioned The Bruised Reed by Richard Sibbs. I personally like William Bridge, An Uplifting for the Downcast. That's a really good one. Oh, that's another good one, dang. I love that Why didn't I say that one? Well, because, uh, you know, well, you know what? No, hold on. What about, what about spiritual depression by Martin Lloyd Jones? That's a that's a really good one. It is it is a really good one. There's a there's a new one uh, called Spurgeon's Sorrows: Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression by Zach Eswine. Mm-hmm. That's oh, actually really good. But you're also forgetting Christians get depressed too. By I didn't David forget, Murray. I didn't forget David Murray. David Murray's my personal friend. Oh, your personal. Oh, personally. you're such a big. He deal. likes my books. Oh, he's promoting wow. them on his videos. Wow. David Murray. You know what? Yeah. I think I might have led David Murray through the dark night of the soul a couple times. <laughs> Did you lead him to the Lord? No, not. <laughs> None of, none of those things. So we're going to link all of this stuff in the show notes. Be sure and check it out. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can send it for the email blast. Hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Over on the website, we got blog posts and video content. Later. Later.